What a pulsating start to the quarterfinals we retreated to here on Match Day Live. Last year's finalists, Juventus and Real Madrid, went toe-to-toe -to -toe in Turin, but it was the holders who blew the Bianconeri away, thanks to another perfect performance from you-know-who. Ronaldo goes for the overhead kick, scores an unbelievable goal! Overhead kick finish into the corner, Ronaldo again, 2-0 Real Madrid. Well, it is almost beyond the boundaries of belief, except this is Cristiano Ronaldo, where anything is possible. It's another classic goal in the UEFA Champions League. 3-0, the final score in Italy. Elsewhere, Sevilla went ahead against Bayern in southern Spain. But it's the German side who head back to Bavaria with the semi-finals in sight after Thiago had a little help from Lady Luck. It has been coming. It wasn't the most stylish of goals he'll ever score, but the Bavarians do not care. They've taken a real stranglehold on the tie now. Sevilla one, Bayern two. So all the best analysis and reaction from both of this evening's encounters to come as we hear from Sami Kadira and Matt Hummels. Plus, we'll look ahead to Wednesday's quarterfinal matches and get the thoughts of Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola ahead of Liverpool versus Manchester City. And we'll also hear from Roma forward Stefan El Shirawi as the Italian side travel to take on Barcelona. So stay with us right here on the official UEFA Champions League podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Rob Daly and I'm joined by European football expert Andy Brassel. Andy, what a performance from Real Madrid. That will steal all the headlines tomorrow morning. And quite rightly so. I mean, it's almost without precedent. Um, Juventus have been outstanding in the UEFA Champions League in, in the last four years, um, especially in the, the, the knockout rounds of the competition. Um, in in two-header eliminations, there are a few better. Yet, Real Madrid have, have found a way to finish this tie after the first leg, which seemed absolutely impossible, especially as the first leg was was going to be in Turin. It was a perfectly judged performance throughout. They, they defended really brilliantly in the first half. If there's one minor criticism, well, it, it could have been many more. Um, but by then, of course, they were 3-0 up already. And what a, what a performance and what a result. Uh, a reminder of the classified results then from Tuesday's games. Juventus nil, Real Madrid 3, Sevilla 1, Bayern Two. And we begin with the match in Italy, where last year's finalists Juventus and Real Madrid met in what was an absorbing affair. Phil Blacker was your commentator. It's with Isco for Real Madrid, cuts it into the middle. Oh, towards Ronaldo, instinctive first-time finish. It's taken less than three minutes. Cristiano Ronaldo yet again. He scored in every game in this season's UEFA Champions League. Lucas Vazquez denied by Buffon. Still the threat with Danny Carvajal to return it. Where Ronaldo goes for the overhead kick. Scores an unbelievable goal. Overhead kick finish into the corner. Ronaldo again. 2-0 Real Madrid. Well, it is almost beyond the boundaries of belief. Except this is Cristiano Ronaldo, where anything is possible. It's another classic goal in the UEFA Champions League. It's Juventus nil, Real Madrid 2. I just listen to that, the home fans applauding. It's extraordinary. I don't think I've ever heard anything like it in the UEFA Champions League. Marcello on the corner of the penalty area will get it back this time from Isco, looking to shift it to Ronaldo. He's unselfish. He plays it back in towards Marcello with Juventus appealing for the, uh, the offside flag. It's a 
bundled into the back of the net, though, uh, by Marcello. And Real Madrid are going to celebrate here. Juventus uh, were hoping for the offside flag, which didn't come. The 10 men have gone 3-0 behind. And the 12 times champions taking a huge stride to another semi-final. They lead at Juventus by three goals to nil. Well, our commentator Phil Blacker joins Andy and myself now. Phil, I think that the round of applause that Ronaldo got from the Juventus supporters will go down as one of the mem most memorable moments in the history of this competition, and, and rightly so. And it says it all, doesn't it, about the quality of the goal, because uh, everybody just had to bow to the, the brilliance of, of Ronaldo. It, it was a cross in towards him, wasn't even a particularly accurate one. It, it came in behind Ronaldo, he had so much to do with it. Uh, just a, a sensational, scintillating goal. And, yeah, the Juventus supporters, as everybody else did, had to acknowledge what they'd just seen. I think there was a split second of silence, maybe, whilst everybody absorbed what they had just seen and made sure they'd seen it, because it was just such an extraordinary goal. And it's a mark of the respect that Ronaldo has earned, not just for that goal, but over the years, of course, but the quality of, of that strike, what it meant as well in the context of this quarter-final. His numbers are astonishing. But the games in which he scores the big goals as well, he's done consistently over the years. And to score now in 10 games in a row in this competition, which a run that started in last season's final against Juventus, of course, uh, marks out his consistency. But equally, that, that sprinkling of magic dust that, that we saw with his second goal as well, it, it will live forever in the memory. Well, I think it's equally amazing that he simply seems to be improving in terms of how he impacts the, the biggest matches in the, in the UEFA Champions League. It's, it's absolutely extraordinary. Uh, if you think that the, the fact that you know, he set a record for the amount of goals scored in the, the, the knockout rounds last season, and, and then he's doing it all over again this season. And you know, this is a player who wasn't great by his standards either in the 2014 or 2016 final even though uh, Real Madrid managed to find a year to win uh, find, find a way to win both but on the other hand you look at last year's final and now he's he's found a spot where he knows himself perfectly where the team know him perfectly where for the first time in his career he's sparing his efforts in the right way to get the absolute most out of himself and that that wisdom, that self-knowledge is just helping him go even a level higher, which didn't seem possible, A, when you see what's gone before in his career, and B, when you consider that he's 33 years old, and it's just impossible at the moment to see an end to it. I mean, he talks about playing to 40. Well, people laughed when he said that. <laughs> well, they're not laughing anymore, are they? I think he's even astonished his own teammates, hasn't he, with this uh, improvement, this consistency. Uh, Casemiro, speaking after the game, put it really well, actually. He says that Ronaldo trains like a machine. He surprises us every training session. We can, this is his teammates talking, we can just applaud him, make the best of things, enjoying for as long as we can for the things that he does for us season after season. Tonight, he was amazing. He is the best. And you can't really argue with that assessment. 119 UEFA Champions League goals to his name now. Uh, let's hear from... Uh, a player in the opposing side, a former Real Madrid player as well, Sami Kadira. The first half, I think, was one of the best in the few weeks ago that, that we played. A really bad start, but then we really played a good game. Also in the second half, uh, we, had, we had the opportunities to score, but then um, it was an amazing goal by Cristiano. And then with the red card, 10 against Real Madrid, it's, for me it's impossible to, um, yeah, to win the game. 
Uh, that seemed to be the general feeling of the Juventus players on the pitch after one of resignation. And I'm also just looking at a picture, picture that's doing the rounds on social media at the moment of Cristiano Ronaldo practicing overhead kicks at the Juventus Stadium on the pitch during the training session. And then an exact replica we saw in the, in the game as well. I mean, the, the thoughts of Sami Khedira there, the general feeling on Juve seems to be... What, what could we do? What could we do about that? You can't imagine a goal more knocking the stuffing out of you. And Phil said it in commentary, the fact that Paolo Dybala, the, their best player and their best player on the night, was sent off just a couple of minutes later, if, yeah. if that. I mean, clearly that was the, the moment that folded the game. But even if Dybala hadn't have gone off, how do you come back from that? It's, it's just not possible. And when you hear that around the stadium, your fans saying, fair enough. That's it. <laughs> that they have been yeah. better than us. This player is is better than us tonight. I mean, it's it's very very difficult to to, to come back from that. We heard before the game, didn't we, from uh, Luka Modric saying that these teams were were so closely matched in terms of mentality as well, and that it would probably be decided a tie like this by who makes the fewest mistakes. And yet, Ronaldo clearly had other ideas that there weren't glaring mistakes from Juventus over the course of this game. It, it, yes, it went against them. They didn't quite manage to get. Uh, to take their chances when they had them, maybe at just 1-0 behind it in the first half. But what decided the game was uh, a moment of extraordinary brilliance from Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, in a way, that's almost easier for Juventus to take in one sense, because they do well, what could we have done about it? But in another, it's that much more frustrating. I suppose in, in terms of individual errors, there weren't that many from Juve. They had, you know, they came close. It was a great save from Kaylo Navas. There was the free kick that looped, deflected off the wall from oh. Dybala. But I suppose it, there was a good slow-motion replay of the second Ronaldo go where Chiellini comes sliding in and you can see Buffon going, no, because he knows he's about to touch it away from him. Normally two players you wouldn't expect to, to be in that kind of situation. I suppose Chiellini more a fault for that one. But they got over that error, didn't they? I mean, They sort of recovered the scenario. They, they recovered. It came back from Cristiano Ronaldo and Buffon made a terrific save from Lucas Vasquez. And then you think the danger's over. And then... Yeah. That Cristiano Ronaldo finish. Um, let's pick out some more players. And defensively, Andy, you were very impressed with Real Madrid, even when they were up against 11 men. Yeah, I mean, Sammy Kadira touched on it just then when we were hearing from him. They, they played pretty well in the first half once they got over the initial shock of the goal. I think once you got past the first 15 minutes, uh, Juventus were good. Um, they didn't leave themselves too exposed at the back. Of course, there was that chance for Tony Kroos that, that came off the crossbar. Um, but th they worked pretty hard and they would have got an equaliser, I think, against most teams in the last 25 minutes of, of that half. You had, as, as Phil was saying, that one brilliant save from, from Kaylor Navas, who didn't have much to do, but when he did, did it very well. Um, so you had to... They, they, they forced Real Madrid to defend really well. The fact that Sergio Ramos, who sometimes can be a bit of a loose cannon in, in his own <laughs> penalty box. He wasn't tonight. He was absolutely immaculate. Him and Rafael Varane both. And um, when Dybala got past them, Casemiro was there to, to mop up. And he was absolutely tremendous as well. And if you think as well, he, on one run out of defence, when he, when he cleared up and took the ball, he accelerated and drew that foul from uh, Betancourt, which will see him miss the, the the second leg as well so just the quality of of that trio 
and of Keylor Navas behind them, saw them through the difficult bits, and then their attacking quality was allowed to shine later. OK, we're on this game uh, shortly, Phil. We'll let you get thinking about your man of the match as well. Let's cross to uh, the other game in southern Spain, where first-time quarter-finalist Sevilla in the UEFA Champions League era anyway took on the mighty Bayern at the Ramon Sanchez-Pizuan. Mark Scott was across matters for Match Day Live. Goes Escadero on the left. Early ball in, it's not a bad one. Chance here and taken. Pablo Sarabia gives Sevilla the lead. He missed a glorious opportunity earlier, but he has taken this one quite brilliantly. Here is Rodriguez, who's only just come on in towards Ribery. Early delivery off the post and in. Oh, he fooled the keeper who was expecting the cross. From Ribery went to the near post and just smuggled it between David Soria and the upright and buying a level and have an away goal. It took a slight deflection, actually. Unfortunate touch of Jesus Navas, who was trying to deflect the cross. Wrong-footed his keeper, who couldn't get back in time and just slapped it onto the post and in. Floated towards the far post, chance and in. Thiago has scored for Bayern. It has been coming. Sevilla one, Bayern two. Well, let's go to Mark Scott now, Mark. Uh, an impressive result for Bayern, but you can just see that, I mean, if you're severe, you've played very well. You really don't need those two moments of bad luck where Bayern score own goals in their favour. Well, you uh, took the words exactly as uh, their coach, Vincenzo Montella, has uh, said them. He said uh, afterwards that they've not been very lucky. They deserved something more. And if you look at the balance of play, you can see where he's coming from. They dominated the first half. They were right in Bayern's faces. They pressed very high up the pitch. That unsettled the back four for Bayern and forced them into a number of mistakes. They had a lot of opportunities, only took the one of them, that one from Sarabia after he'd missed an earlier opportunity and <clears throat> that's what cost them in the end because if they had taken some more of those chances Bayern wouldn't perhaps have had a way back into it they got the luck with the equalizing goal and then in the second half I think experience told Bayern suddenly sorted themselves out Bernat had been uh, taken off Rafinha came on that gave them a bit more balance at the back and James Rodriguez replacing Arturo Vidal um, after an enforced uh, alteration because Vidal went off injured actually panned out quite well for Bayern as well. You wonder as well how much that game against Barcelona at the weekend took out of Sevilla. It obviously would have been emotionally draining as well as physically given what happened late on in that game. And the experience of Bayern came to the fore. Second half, different story, camped in the Sevilla half and you knew that the goal was coming. Another bit of luck about it, Thiago's header deflecting off Escudero, wrong-footing David Soria for the second time in the game into the back of the net. Overall, Bayern deserved the win, but Sevilla will feel it was a missed opportunity. Yeah, let's hear from Bayern centre-back Matt Hummels, who feels his side were fortunate tonight. The first goal was was lucky for us. Uh, we we know that we have to admit, admit it. Um, but um, yes, I think the second half, of course, uh, was good then from us. Uh, we had good control of the game. We had we had a big chance for, from Javi Martinez before we scored the second goal. Um, I think the last 10 to 15 minutes we could have uh, done a better job in. In keeping the ball, protecting it from time to time. Um, but of course, uh, if there's an opponent trying to score um, and pressing and uh, doing all they can, sometimes it's really difficult. Um, and even if you play, not at your in your home in your home stadium. So um, I think this will be even better next week. But um, yeah, we will have to work hard again. 
Uh, the thoughts of Bayern centre-back Mats Hummels there. Let's get the thoughts of a Sevilla centre-back. Now, how did Simon Kier view the result in Seville tonight? We gave them a small amount of chances, what you can expect against a team like this. Uh, they were lucky twice, uh, deflecting the ball, so it's a little bit, it's a hard one to swallow. We knew it would be a tough game today with the, the quality that they have, but I think we played them right. And uh, like you said, with, if, if we score in our chances in the first half, the game would have been a totally different game. But that's football. Mark, we heard it really from Mats Hummels there when he was saying Bayern were taken way out of their comfort zone. I mean, we saw them perform like in a scintillating manner in, in the Classica against Dortmund at the weekend and, and beat them 6-0. But really, I think this showed why they're genuine contenders for the UEFA Champions League, didn't it? That they were put under pressure, that they were taken aback, yet they found a way to, to, to grind out a win away from home. It's a characteristic of champions, isn't it, Andy, to be able to uh, grind out those results when you're not at your best and simply stay in games. That's precisely what they did. They managed to uh, see their way through to the interval. Obviously, Jupp Heynckes had a, a reshuffle and a rethink, and it worked out perfectly for them in the second half. So, yes, I think that you've hit the nail on the head there, that it does show why they should be seen as real contenders to go all the way, because even though it was far from a vintage showing from them, they've come away with a two one lead um, after the first leg. And Mark, do you think Vincenzo Montella can convince his side that they can maybe make things uncomfortable in Munich next week? Absolutely, because he's already been speaking about the fact that they went to Old Trafford and pulled off a result against Manchester United that nobody thought they had in their locker and he will be using that to rally them and get them believing they can do the same again next week. Mark, thank you. More from Mark Scott later in the show. We'll get his man of the match as well. Coming up though, we're going to look ahead to Wednesday's quarterfinal ties. Liverpool host Manchester City, Barcelona Barcelona face Roma. Everyone can enjoy football, no matter who you are, where you're from, or how you play. Equal Game is a new UEFA Respect social responsibility campaign that positively promotes inclusion, diversity, and accessibility in football throughout Europe. You're listening to Match Day Live with Andy Brassel and me, Rob Daly. Two more quarterfinal first legs get underway on Wednesday in the UEFA Champions League. And we start our preview of that fascinating all-English affair between Liverpool and Manchester City at Anfield. And before we speak to our commentator, Adam Summerton, we can hear from both head coaches, City's Pep Guardiola, but first his counterpart, Jurgen Klopp. They are um, quite a special team, to be honest. That's the truth and will be very deserved, absolutely deserved champion of the Premier League. So I'm fine with that. But in football, it's not about being the best or something like that. It, it's about being perfectly prepared for the next game and to do your best. And it's not about yesterday, it's about tomorrow. It's about the moment. They punish you on your mistakes and uh, because they are so fast and they are so direct. And that's good. It's a good challenge for us. 180 minutes. We're going to try to make a good performance here, to try to score goals and, and give a good result to Manchester. Uh, Pep Guardiola there, Adam Summerton, our commentator for the game on Wednesday night, joins us now. Adam, so many people have been tweeting us saying this is the game that they're most excited about in the quarterfinals this season. How excited are you? Massively. Can't wait. And I think the atmosphere at Anfield is going to be unbelievable. We all remember if we cast our minds back to those games against Chelsea and the ghost goal and all that. I think you, you're talking about that sort of level of intensity and noise um, and it's just going to be wonderful. Uh, and I think the fact that we have two teams, the two highest scoring teams in the English Premier League uh, and two teams who I believe are just going to go at it 
and I go, and I'm just going to be high octane stuff. And I just think that, you know, I, I can't see Manchester City changing their style to try and keep Liverpool quiet in the first leg. I think they'll just go at it, and Liverpool will feel that. You know, as they did in the game at Anfield in the Premier League, they will feel that they can get at Manchester City. So it could be a very high-scoring tie. I mean, if we look at that game in the Premier League that's kind of set a precedent, at least that's what neutrals will, will hope, the one difference you would say, as well as the fact that Manchester City got over that quite quickly and are now on the brink of winning the English Premier League title, whether it be next weekend between the two legs or, or the week after or, or, or whatever is that you feel like City are in a better place defensively as well, don't they? What role do you think Amaric Laporte will play, if any? Well, I think that he's done well. He's, he's settled in well, I believe, at Manchester City. Um, I think that still I would have question marks personally over them defensively at the very, very highest level. And I'm talking about, you know, are, we are truly going to find out how good Manchester City are defensively in the latter stages of this competition you know if they get past Liverpool who've got one of the best front threes in world football right now you know eventually they're probably going to have to come up against a Real Madrid or a Bayern that's where I still wonder whether Manchester City are that good uh, you know we're going to find out and that's what's the great thing isn't it you know we're, 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 people are talking about Manchester City as being one of the best teams in Europe uh, but they haven't proved it yet uh, they haven't proved anything yet really uh, you know They've won a League Cup. So I think there's people getting carried away, personally, about Manchester City. But we're going to find out how truly good they really are, both well, we know how good they are attacking-wise. We'll find out how good they are defensively uh, between now and the end of the season in terms of the Champions League. Sergio Aguero ruled out with a knee injury for Liverpool. Emery Chan is a doubt. So I've had them three central midfielders in that Liverpool team tomorrow. Who do you think Jurgen Klopp's going to line up with? Well, they're going to be hoping that Jan's fit, clearly, because of how important he is to them. I think that a player that a lot of the supporters will want to see, partly because of his performance in the game in the Premier League at Anfield, is Oxlade-Chamberlain, uh, because I thought he was very, he's probably one of his best performances uh, since signing from Arsenal that, that he made for Liverpool in that match. So I, I could see him being included, um, Henderson, Milner, um, I think the big one is Jan. They'll really want to, to have him fit. And it, from what Jurgen Klopp has been saying, it's touch and go. So that's certainly something we'll be keeping a, a keen eye on ahead of the game, ahead of kickoff tomorrow night, the team news. Of course, um, Roma have done quite well in the absence of Mo Salah, sort of against the odds. They'll mm. also be in the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals tomorrow night. But how much has he added to Liverpool? And when people talk about him edging towards Messi, Ronaldo sort of territory. Of course, he is a bit of a way off in terms of, you know, season after season after season. How big a tie is this for him? Well, it's it's huge for um, for, for Salah and, and all the Liverpool players. But I think that you know he probably is going to win the Player of the Year in England, just probably nudging ahead of of Kevin De Bruyne. It's going to be great, isn't it, to see both of those players on the pitch at the same time in such yeah. a big game. But I think you're right, Andy, in terms of um, you know talking about Salah and, and, and Roma. Look, he was brilliant at Roma. I'd watched a lot of him in Italy. But I don't think anyone expected that his game would improve to the level of, you know, that it has done. It's the consistency, Andy, that is just... You know, remarkable. You talk about when you talk about the very great player. And I'm not putting him in this bracket, but Ronaldo and Messi and, and players of that ilk. It's the consistency with which they do it. And over the course of one season, Salah has, has been at those levels of consistency. Now, can he go on and do that for five, six, seven, you know, a decade like those two players have done? Who knows? But this season, he's been incredible, and he could be the difference maker.
We'll see you tomorrow, Adam. Thank you very much. Make sure you join us for full commentary of Liverpool versus Manchester City, 1930 CET, on Wednesday evening. Also on Wednesday, Barcelona entertain Roma at the Camp now with the Italian side looking to fare better than the 6-1 thrashing they received the last time the two sides met in the UEFA Champions League. That was back in 2015, and forward uh, Stefan El Shirari insists that whatever happens tomorrow night, Roma need to make sure that they stay alive for the second leg. We have to be mindful that the tie is played over 180 minutes. It's not a one-off game. So we'll have to try to get a good result in Barcelona while remembering that there's still a home leg to come afterwards. Look at the last 16 tie against Shakhtar as an example. We lost 2-1 over there and managed to turn it around by winning at home. So anything can happen. Our commentator for this one is Dan Roebuck and he joins us now. Dan, Lino Messi relatively fresh going into this game of the Camp now. Yes, he is. He's had these minor issues that we know about. Of course, he came on late against Sevilla at the weekend and turned it almost in Barcelona's complete favour, but it looked like that they were going to lose for the first time in the league this campaign. They didn't. They drew 2-2 two, two Suarez in the 87th minute and Messi in the 88th. And Messi obviously will be starting against Roma for the first leg of this quarterfinal. He's key, 100 Champions, 100 UEFA Champions League goals, as we know. And, you know, whenever he plays, it is a joy to watch. And I think everybody's expecting Barcelona to beat Roma fairly comfortably in the first leg. I guess the thing that's worked for Roma this season, Dan, is the fact that they have been able to rest players before the big UEFA Champions League games. They certainly did that before they played Chelsea and beat them quite comfortably at, at the Olympico going back into the group stage. They rested four or five key players and won the weekend before in Serie A. Whereas this time, they're in a very, very tight race for to qualify for the UEFA Champions League again with Inter and Lazio and even Milan coming up on, on the outside. And they played their full first-choice midfield on Saturday at Bologna. Of course, Edin Dzeko got a, a mini-rest. But what sort of effect will that have on them, do you think, going into this game where they're inevitably going to do a lot of running after the ball? Yeah, they are. It's interesting because Nengelen, there's a, a slight question mark about whether he'll play. I think he will do. He's rated doubtful. Uh, at the moment, the Rossian Street will, will most probably line up as well. But they have rested players. Dzeko, of course, was needed at the weekend because he came on and scored the equaliser 14 minutes from time. So it's not been as straightforward. Uh, certainly, Eusebio De Francesco hasn't had that opportunity to rest players because, as you mentioned, they're in such a, a tight battle uh, to claim UEFA Champions League qualification for next season. So it is different. The talk coming out of Roma been interesting because De Francesco has said that, you know, just by getting this far, Roma have demonstrated something important. It's as if he's saying we're just glad to be here. And I know that from a Barcelona point of view, Ernesto Valverde has been trying to say, look, Roma won their group. They came out of a group that was very, very tough. And this is not going to be easy. He has to say that. And all the players coming out of Barcelona have suggested likewise. They are very respectful but I think that this was the tie that they wanted. Roma have been a little bit inconsistent, and you will know certainly that it wasn't plain sailing against Shakhtar in the round of 16. They are going to have to put in a magnificent performance, not just in the first leg, but in the turn as well at, uh, in the Italian capital to get through. The odds are stacked against the Italian side. 
Uh, Dan, completely agree with you. Look forward to your company tomorrow night. Dan Roebuck will be our commentator on Match Day Live for Barcelona against Roma, 1930 CET on Wednesday. We have all the build-up action and reaction as well uh, from our two enthralling quarter-final first leg ties. A reminder tonight then, the Bayern got a 2-1 win at Sevilla. Mark Scott, our reporter for this one, has heard from Jupp Heinkers in the last half hour. Yeah, pretty honest stuff from uh, Jupp Heinkers. Said that they lost the ball too often, lacked structure in midfield, which allowed Sevilla to create chances and although they improved in the second half and deserved to win they needed a bit of luck and he says if they want to win the UEFA Champions League they definitely have to improve and it sounds from what Thomas Muller has said there were some pretty stern words from Jupp Heinkers at halftime which did the job in the end. High standards of Bayern of course these days Mark uh, who's your man of the match from the game in Seville by the way and why? It's Frank Ribéry still showing that he's got it he was involved in both of the goals his cross deflected in for the level and then his cross for Thiago's header for the second. And uh, contract decisions due to be made this month. This wouldn't have gone unnoticed by the Bayern bosses. Very good point indeed. Mark, thanks uh, for joining us this evening. Phil Blacker, our commentator for Juve Real Madrid. Phil, I wonder who you're picking as man of the match. <laughs> Didn't have to think too long about this one, Robert. It was a wonderful collective display from Real Madrid. But yet again, Cristiano Ronaldo stepping up to the big stage, making it his night. And in this incredible career of his, the second goal of the two that he scored on the night ranks right up there as, as one of the very best. Andy, anything you can add to that on Cristiano? I bet he gets it next week as well. He probably will. 119 UEFA Champions League goals. Scored in 10 straight games in the competition. Most final wins with four. Most goals in a season in the competition previously. He keeps on breaking uh, records. Gents, thank you very much for your company this evening. That's all we have time for on UEFA Champions League Match Day Live on a night that will live long in the memory. Last year's finalists, Juventus and Real Madrid, took to the stage in Turin, but it was the holders who romped to a 3-0 victory thanks to another delightful double from who else but Cristiano Ronaldo. And in southern Spain, Sevilla scored early to rock Bayern, but it's the German side who can start to focus on the last four after coming from behind to win 2-1. Join us again from 1930 CET on Wednesday night when we'll bring you all the action from Anfield as Liverpool take on fellow Premier League side Manchester City. Plus, we'll have live updates of Barcelona against Roma. Until then, from Andy Brassel, Phil Blacker, Mark Scott and myself, Rob Daly, it's goodbye. With Isco for Real Madrid, cuts it into the middle. Oh, towards Ronaldo, instinctive first time finish. It's taken less than three minutes. He scored in every game in this season's UEFA Champions League. Early ball in, not a bad one. Chance here and taken. Pablo Sarabia gives Sevilla the lead. Lucas Vasquez denied by Buffon. Still the threat with Danny Carvajal to return it. Where Ronaldo going for the overhead kick, scores an unbelievable goal. Overhead kick finish into the corner. Ronaldo again, when it is almost beyond the boundaries of belief. Except this is Cristiano Ronaldo, where anything is possible. It's another classic goal. Floated towards the far post, chance, and in. It has been coming. Sevilla one, Bayern two. He's unselfish and he plays it back in towards Marcello, with the Juventus appealing for the, uh, the offside flag. It's uh, bundled into the back of the net, though. And the 12 times champions taking a huge stride to another semi-final. You've been listening to... To UEFA Champions League Match Day Live.